Amen. So thankful for the goodness of God. Man, as we kind of wrap up Thanksgiving weekend here, I'm just so reminded of the goodness of God. Just important to take some time and reflect on all of the blessings that we have in our lives. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about being thankful because it's just so important that we take some time and take stock of all of the things that God has blessed us with. We have so much to be thankful for, whether it's our health or our provision or our family or friends or jobs or whatever it is. Even if today you feel like you have nothing to be thankful for, we're so blessed. Our nation is blessed. Our community is blessed. We're so blessed to be able to have the freedom to worship this morning. We have so much to be grateful for. But even if we have nothing like that, we still can be thankful for the sacrifice of Jesus. We can be thankful for our salvation, thankful that God is with us, that he's never left us, that he's never abandoned us. I'm reminded of the prophet Jeremiah who wrote this in Lamentations chapter three. Maybe some of you can identify with some of his gripes to God here in the beginning in verse 16, he says this to God, about God. He says, he's made me chew on gravel. He's rolled me in the dust. Peace has been stripped away and I've forgotten what prosperity is. I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I'd hoped for from the Lord is lost. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Maybe some of you are experiencing some of that. You're feeling some things like Jeremiah felt there. But he goes on to say this. He says, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. The Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. Come on, somebody. We can hope in him when there is nothing in this world to hope for. We can be thankful for him when there is nothing else to be grateful for. Certainly we have plenty to be thankful for, but if nothing else, knowing that the Lord is our inheritance, that God is with us, that at the end of all of this, that we get to spend eternity with him. If nothing else, that's enough. That's enough. So let's take a moment to just enter his courts with thanksgiving, as his word says, and just thank him for who he is. God, we thank you. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for everything good in our lives, Lord, every provision, Lord, every relationship, every opportunity. God, we thank you for how you take care of us. God, your word says you take care of the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, and even greater will you take care of us. God, we thank you for that. But more importantly, we thank you for your sacrifice of your son, Jesus. We thank you that because of the death and resurrection on the cross, that we have salvation, that we don't have to end in death, Lord, that this life doesn't end in death, but it ends in life. So God, we thank you for who you are, God, if you never do another thing for us, we're grateful. We love you. We appreciate you. We lift you up. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Come on, give him thanks one more time. He is.
is worthy. He is worthy. Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and have a seat here at Olson Farms at campuses. Want to say hello to those of you joining us at Mudsock, Bluffton, live online, the correctional facilities, wherever you guys are at. Man, we're just so honored to have you joining us today. We are... uh, Pastor Dave last week kicked off a brand new series called Be a Bringer, which he'll be back next week to continue that series. Uh, But we thought today we should pause and just spend a moment reflecting on the Thanksgiving season and just being grateful, just having an attitude of gratitude. In fact, that's the title of today's message is Attitude of Gratitude. It's an honor to be able to share with you today. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, it's an honor to be able to... uh, to share the word today and to be a part of all that God is doing here. So thankful for our pastors and for their leadership and for all that uh, they do and all that God is working in our church. It's just amazing, amazing to be a part of. Hopefully you guys all had a great Thanksgiving week as well. I know I did. And as a church last week, we actually got to pack 2,500 Thanksgiving meals for families in our own community. Yeah, give yourselves some praise for that. Unbelievable how God is working through our church. That's 2,500 families right here in our own backyard that got a Thanksgiving meal because of your generosity and your sacrifice. So we're so thankful for that. And it's just a great season. Uh, we're going to be spending most of our time today in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you have your Bible, you can turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and then we'll spend, uh, towards the end of our message, we'll be in Philippians if you want to put a finger there as well or throw a bookmark there. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 is our theme verse for today as we talk about what it means to have an attitude of gratitude uh, of course, the notes will be on the screen and everything as well. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 says, Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. There's a lot to dig into in just a few short passages there, but we're going to take some time to do that today as we look at what it means to have an attitude of gratitude and how we can shift our perspective a little bit. Let's just take a moment to pray for uh, God's word, over God's word today, that it would penetrate our hearts. God, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we pray that they would be your words today and not my words. God, we pray that you would just touch each and every one of us, Lord. Help us to see something that we never saw before. Lord, we pray that you would just continue to grow us, mature us. Lord, help us to see things that we need to grow in, that we need to let go of. Lord, that we need to grow through. God, we just pray that you would help us to leave this place different than we came in. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Like I said, hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving. I know my family and I did. You know, growing up, Thanksgiving was always a lot of fun. We loved to get together with family. At our In our family, Thanksgiving was all about, we were, of course, eating, uh, watching football, and euchre. Any euchre fans in the house? If you didn't raise your hand, you must have moved here from somewhere else because this is the Midwest, and we play euchre. And so I loved, you know, just loved playing. Sometimes we'd have some gin rummy going on. I don't know where that, that was like my German family, I guess. I don't know. But 
we always just love to be able to spend time together as a family. It was always a lot of fun. Of course, uh, as I've gotten older and I have kids of my own, now Thanksgiving is more about like trying to make sure that my kids don't hurt themselves in a non-child-proofed home and making sure they eat something other than pie and cookies. And maybe there's a little bit of time for football in there somewhere, but uh, it's still a lot of fun and we're so blessed and have so much to be thankful for. And I think sometimes it's easy for us uh, to get to lose sight of all that we have to be thankful for. Sometimes it's easy for us to just go through life and just forget the blessings that we have and, and our attitude starts to shift and we lose the attitude of gratitude. And I believe that when we lose that mentality, then we aren't being the best uh, version of ourselves. We can't point people to Jesus the way that we're called to. And so it's important that we shift our mentality and we bring that back to the forefront of our lives. So let's look back at our theme verse. I wanna break this down for a few moments. First Thessalonians 5.16 says simply to always be joyful. Always be joyful. This may seem simple, but there's a lot more to it and it's, it's so important. And so herein lies the first key. Jot this down. I've got just three keys today. If we're gonna have an attitude of gratitude, three things that we need to grasp onto. The first one is that we need to seek joy, not happiness. We need to seek joy and not happiness. Now, we might equate those to being the same thing. Like, and at first glance, they might seem like the same thing, but they're definitely different. So the Greek word that the Bible uses for joy kind of refers more to like a greeting or a salutation, meaning before you even know what's happening, you're filled with joy. We all know people like that, that it's like from the first time you see them, yeah, you know, they're just like filled with joy. Maybe it's your dog, right? Like you could have just been like you left five minutes ago and you come back and it's like they haven't seen you in forever. I know people like that too, that it's like, hey man, how you doing? Oh man, it's so good to see you. It's like, bro, I just, I just saw you like five minutes ago. And it's like, but hey, it doesn't hurt. It makes you feel good, right? And that's the Bible. The Bible tells us that we should always be joyful. That's joy. It's, it's, it's immediate. It doesn't matter what's happening. The word happiness comes from a Latin word rooted in, in really luck. It's really circumstantial. In fact, I'll say it this way. Happiness is based on happenings. Happiness is a byproduct of what's happening around us. But get this, joy is a choice. Joy is a choice. So happiness is temporary and joy is something that we have to choose to have because joy is not impacted by our circumstances. Joy is something that we have regardless of what's happening in the world around us. We have to choose that. Deuteronomy chapter 30 says this, this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. We have to choose life. We have these choices in front of us. And I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I don't like having choices. Like free will is great, but sometimes it's not, you know, like, because sometimes we make terrible choices. Like Deuteronomy is laying out, we, we can choose death or we can choose life. Like we can choose joy or we can choose sorrow. We get to choose. 
And sometimes having that choice is not always the best thing because sometimes we don't make the best choices. I don't know about you guys. Sometimes I make some pretty dumb choices. I feel like sometimes as a man, sometimes I make pretty dumb choices, you know, setting things on fire just to see how they burn and, you know, things like that, right? That's why women live longer, okay? Uh, We're smart in a lot of things, but when I first was in my early 20s, I'd gotten my first house uh, with a buddy of mine. He and I rented this place and it was coming up on Christmas and we really wanted uh, to get a Christmas tree. But we were, I don't know, I don't know if we were broke or cheap or both, but we could have gone and gotten like a $20 Christmas tree from the Boy Scouts, but we didn't. Uh, We decided we were going to chop down our own tree and we weren't like going to go to like a Christmas tree farm, (laughs) of course, because we're trying to go cheap. And so I lived in a small town in Ohio and across, across the street from my parents' house, they lived in the country, was this big plot of land that we heard that they were gonna turn into a subdivision. So we're like, oh, if we take down a tree, we're just doing them a favor anyways, because they gotta take them all down. So there were some trees out there. And so we decided to go out there. But of course it was like November, like it is now. Uh, and so it was dark at four o'clock in the afternoon. And so we go out when it's dark and it's me and uh, my roommate and another friend of ours, we go out. And of course, we don't have an ax. Uh, we have a very small hatchet. Uh, we have a dull hacksaw and we have a maul. Does anybody know what a maul is? Uh, so a maul is kind of like an ax, but it's more like a sledgehammer. Uh, with a semi-sharp edge on the other side. It's really meant for splitting wood. It's not meant for anything other than splitting wood. It's certainly not meant for chopping down a tree. And so the three of us go out there in the dark with our terrible choices of tools, and we had cell phone flashlights, but this is gonna age me, but there weren't like iPhones really then, so we had cell phones that had flashlights, but they weren't good flashlights. And that was the best flashlight that we had, and it's dark on a, at 4.30 in the afternoon or whenever we decided to go. And we're out here chopping this thing down. And I mean, like, we're hacking at it. We're hitting it with the hatchet. We're trying to get the, this heavy maul underneath there to try to hack away at it. I think at one point in time, one of our, uh, one of our guys did the whole buddy the elf and run and jump and bear hug the tree, tried to tackle it down so that we could take it down. And... Eventually we got it down, we got it hacked up and it looked terrible and we got it, uh, we got it on the top of one of our cars and we took it back to our house that we rented there in downtown uh, and we got there and my wife now, my fiance at the time was at our house when we got there and she goes, guys, that's not a Christmas tree. <laughs> and so I've debated her on it ever since and I have a picture of it, so I'll let you guys decide. Uh, show the picture there real quick. I feel like it's Christmas tree-ish. You're really, that, that's really the best side of it, though. Uh, and that was after we trimmed it a little bit. Um, I don't think there's any ornaments behind us at all. I think you have the best view of the tree right there, but you can take it down. But anyways, it was a pretty terrible tree, Uh, and what I didn't mention, uh, is that it was also hunting season. We were, when we were out there too, 
and we're not wearing bright colors or identified in any way, shape, or form. And the fact that we didn't die or somebody get seriously injured is a miracle of the Lord because we were out there with the wrong tools, with dull tools, with no flashlights, like in hunting season, in the dark, trying to take down a tree that's not even a Christmas tree. Like it's, it's a pretty dumb thing to do. And I think sometimes we make some pretty dumb choices as people, like left to our own devices, we make some pretty dumb choices. And we're, yet we're given the choice to choose joy or to choose sorrow, to choose life or to choose death. And let's be honest, choosing joy is not the easy choice. Choosing sorrow is so much easier because then I can then I don't have to walk around with my head held high. I can just, you know, oh, what was me? And, you know, I can use it as an excuse for things and I can curl up on the couch and watch TV and I don't have to go do anything and I don't have to go be anywhere. And maybe, maybe if I complain about it enough, somebody else will help me and help out my problem or, you know, give me whatever it is that I'm looking for. It's a lot easier oftentimes to choose sorrow and yet we need to choose joy because when we're walking around with our head hung low and all of this, who's gonna want what we got? Like we got the joy of the Lord on the inside of us. We shouldn't be walking around with our head hung low. We should be walking with our head held high as an example to the world around us. So like, it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. It's not based on happenings. It's not based on luck. It's based on the joy of the Lord. And so we gotta make the choice to choose, to choose to be filled with joy. Every day we have to make that choice. I love what the psalmist David said in Psalm chapter four, verse six. Many people say, who's gonna show us better times? Like, when will things get better? He says, let your face smile on us, Lord. You have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvests of grain and new wine. In peace, I will lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. Man, like David, we need to have that attitude that like the joy of the Lord is greater than anything else. Any level of prosperity, any, any great harvest or any any windfall, any great house, any great job, any, any great financial prosperity or status or any of those things, none of those things matter. The joy of the Lord is greater than any of those. And we need to have that mentality that, man, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is better than any of those things. So it doesn't matter. I'm not gonna complain about what's going wrong and when are things gonna get better. I'm just gonna choose to have joy Right now, we gotta choose to have joy. We gotta make that difficult choice. Which brings us to our next thought. First Thessalonians, back to our theme verse in verse five. Now verse 16 and 17. Always be joyful, never stop praying. Never stop praying. The second key, if we're gonna have an attitude of gratitude, is that we gotta focus on the spiritual, not on the physical. We gotta focus on the spiritual not on the things that we see around us. It's a lot easier to focus on the things that we can see, but that's not real, that's not where the real battle is being fought anyways. Ephesians chapter six, verse 12 says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We gotta recognize 
that the battle is not physical, it's spiritual. And we can't attempt to win a spiritual battle by changing physical circumstances. We can't change the physical and hope that it will impact the spiritual, but we can change the spiritual and it will impact the physical. But we gotta lean into the spiritual and recognize where the real battle is fought. Because the world will tell you, you just need a little bit more. Man, it's difficult right now, but if you just had a little bit more, if you just had a little bit better job, if you just had a little bit more money, if you just had a little bit bigger house, if you just had a little bit nicer car, if you just had, if you just had a few more employees, if you just had a little bit more cash flowing into your business, a little bit more customers, a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that. And we all know that's not true. I love the words of the, of, from this great writer, he said, mo money, mo problems. <laughs> Listen, Biggie didn't have it right all the time, okay? But he hit it on that one. Because it's true, okay? Those of you who have had any level of success in, in business know mo money, mo problems. Like I got more customers, but now I got more problems to deal with. I got more things happening that I have to deal with. And yet, even though we may have experienced that, even though we may have experienced that in our own lives, we still so often are like, but if I just had a little bit more, but I just need a little bit, uh, you know, I'd be grateful if I just had this little bit more. I would be filled with joy if I just had just a little bit of this, a little bit that. I'm so, I'm so close. And that's trying to solve spiritual problems with physical solutions. It's never going to work. You're never going to have enough. There's always gonna be a little bit more that you need. And you're never gonna find that attitude of gratitude that way. Paul warned of this trap in Romans 12, verse two. He said, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but God, let God transform you by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn God's will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We can't do things the way that the world does things. We can't do things the way that even sometimes come naturally. We have to shift our mentality and recognize that every problem that we face in our lives is a spiritual problem, not a physical problem. And so we gotta recognize that because the truth is we live in a broken, fallen world. We will always have problems. There will always be something going on. You'll always be struggling in relationship or in a job opportunity or in a business deal or, or whatever it is. There's always gonna be some kind of health struggle, financial struggle, emotional crisis, whatever it is. There's going to be something happening all the time. We, just, we live in a broken world. We live in a fallen world. That's just reality. The Bible says in this world, you will have trouble. You will have trouble. And so we have to recognize that that's gonna happen, but that's okay when we live in a spiritual mindset, when we're focused on the spiritual. It's okay that we have trouble. Jesus goes on to say, in this world you have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. The spiritual is already won. The battle's already won in the spiritual, so stop trying to fight it in the physical. It's not gonna end well. We have to recognize that our battle is spiritual instead of physical. Second Corinthians chapter four, 
says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. Man, we have to fight the right battle. It's easy for us to become ungrateful when we're focused on the wrong thing. When, we're, when we spend a lot of effort trying to fix the physical, then we get that, God, I've done all these things for you. Why won't you do this for me? And God's like, I wasn't looking for a transaction. I wasn't looking for you to do something for me. I just wanted your heart. But if we try to fix the physical and we try to do all, if we try to do all the right things and be all of the right things, then we can become incredibly ungrateful because we've spent a lot of effort, we've done a lot of work, just not the right kind of work. We've been chasing the wrong thing. We've been headed in the wrong direction. I remember just a couple months ago, one of my kids was sick and I had gone to, I was, I'd gone to the pharmacy to pick up their prescription. And I walked in and I walked into CVS and I walked up to the pharmacy counter and you know, it's like date of birth. I give them date of birth and last name. And they're like, you know, they're in their little computer and they're like, I don't, I don't see anything. And they're like, give me the date of birth again. I give them the date of birth and I give them the, the name. And I was like, and then I'm just like, maybe I don't know my kid's birthday. Uh, Cause I got three of them and just like, I don't know, maybe I mixed it up. So I think, and I'm like, is this what I gave you? Yeah. Okay. No, that's right. And we're going back and forth. And finally I'm starting to get irritated. I'm like about to call the doctor's office. Like you didn't call in the prescription, whatever. She's like, let me go check in the back and see if I can find anything. And while she's in the back, I looked, you know, I looked down as I was getting ready to pull out my phone and call the doctor. And I looked down and I see the red W because I'm not at CVS, I'm at Walgreens. And in my defense, they're right across the street from each other, but. So I wait for her to come back and she's like, we don't have anything. And I'm just like, oh, okay, well, I'll call the doctor's office then, thank you. And I walk out. She never knew that I, was the, I wasn't ready to eat crow at that moment. <laughs> CVS found the prescription, no problem. <laughs> but it's easy to get upset when you're, when you're doing the wrong things, when you're headed in the wrong direction. I'm over here, you know, about to get mad at this pharmacy tech, and she's not, she doesn't even work at the right pharmacy. I'm not even in the right building. And when we spend all this time working on trying to make physical things solve spiritual solutions, not only does it not work, but it's incredibly disheartening. It's incredibly frustrating. And we end up just getting mad about things and mad that it doesn't work out. And then sometimes mad at God or mad at the people that we love the most because things just aren't working out. But we're trying to attack spiritual problems with physical solutions. And it's just never going to work. So we gotta recognize the right battle. Back to our verse. It says, always be joyful, never stop praying, 
Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Be thankful in all circumstances. The third key is that we gotta choose gratitude, not entitlement. We gotta choose gratitude, not entitlement. It's easy for us to feel entitled, like the world owes us something, like we've earned it, like, like this is ours. But Psalm 24 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. It doesn't belong to us anyways. It all belongs to the Lord. None of it is ours. Your paycheck, that's the Lord's. Your house, that's the Lord's. Your car, that's the Lord. Everything is the Lord's. It's not ours to begin with. And when we shift that mentality and we start to thank the Lord for all of those things, instead of being like, well, this is mine and I did this and I earned that, then we can shift from that entitlement to gratitude when we recognize that it's not ours to begin with. It's not ours. It all belongs to the Lord. You know, it's easy for us to get into that place of entitlement because our father is such a good father, isn't he? Like God is so good to us and he takes care of us so well that it's easy to get into a place of entitlement. I mean, I see that with my own kids and sometimes I feel like I'm a terrible father and I don't provide anything for them and all I ever do is chew them out or whatever, but I can see my own kids getting that way. Like my two-year-old can't pass a Starbucks without being like, cake pop, cake pop. <laughs> my eight-year-old, he wants to go to Starbucks too because he wants a butter croissant. What eight-year-old wants a croissant? Bougie, that's what he is. But you know, we wanna give them nice things. We wanna take care of them. We wanna provide for them. And then I look at my kids and I'm like, y'all are spoiled. Who did that? Me? Like, it's my fault. But God is so good to us. He's such a good father. He's such a loving father that it's easy for us to begin to feel entitled. Just like our kids, I remind them all the time. They're fighting over an iPad or whatever. And they're like, it's mine, it's mine. I'm like, actually, it's mine, okay? Uh, and the good dad giveth and the good dad taketh away, Okay. But the same thing is true of our father. The father gives and the father takes away. And maybe sometimes that's what he needs to do. Sometimes maybe we're feeling a little too entitled and he's got to take some things out of our life so we recognize that it was never really ours to begin with. But we got to get out of that entitled mindset. The world owes us nothing. God owes us nothing. And if he never did another thing for us, we have plenty to be grateful for. We have so much to be grateful for. If you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear that, that the world owes us nothing, that God has already given us everything that we need through the, the sacrifice and the resurrection of Jesus, the gift of salvation and his Holy Spirit that comes into our life. There is nothing else that we need. And there is nothing that's ours. So I want you to go home. As you go home, I want you to get into the Lord's car. Start it up. That's the Lord's car. As you drive and you go to Cracker Barrel, I want you to pull out the Lord's wallet and pay for the Lord's breakfast or brunch or lunch or whatever it is. But you gotta get breakfast. Doesn't matter what time you go to Cracker Barrel. 
But I want you to look at everything in your house. That's the Lord's fridge. That's the Lord's pots and pans. That's, that's the Lord's sofa. That's the Lord's TV. Every single thing in your house is not yours. It's the Lord's. He has given it to you. And so if we shift that mentality, we'll be grateful. But if we're like, oh, my TV broke again. Oh, man, kids spilled something on my couch. No, the kids spilled something on the Lord's couch. And we should take care of it. But it wasn't yours to begin with. And so when we shift that mentality, then we can have that attitude of gratitude. The last couple minutes that we have together, I, I wanna look at somebody who I think really had this figured out in scripture, the apostle Paul. In fact, he wrote in Philippians chapter four, verse 11, he says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Now, listen, this guy went through everything. He went through the worst possible things that you and I could imagine and things that we would never hope to go through. And yet he writes about being content, about having joy, about being grateful regardless of what he has. Check this out. Second Corinthians chapter 11, he lists it out pretty conveniently for us, all right? Starting in verse 23. He says, I've worked harder. I've been put in prison more often. I've been whipped times without number and faced death and again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I faced danger from rivers and robbers, danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I faced danger in the cities and in the deserts and on the seas. I faced danger from men who claim to be believers but aren't. I've worked hard and long and during many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and have gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothes to keep me warm. And besides all that, I have the daily burden of my job, my leadership, my concern for all of the churches. Man, if somebody told you this, you'd be like, you're making that up. <laughs> and yet Paul, it's well documented, has been through all of those things. He's, he's literally like seen hell on earth in his life. I mean, he's been through it all. And yet he says, I found the secret to being content. So what did he do? How did he figure it out? What was it? I wanna go for just a few minutes to Philippians and quickly learn from Paul the secret was. I love in Philippians chapter three, Paul lists every religious and, and social and societal criteria for success. He achieved it all. He, this was before he had experienced any of the hardship. He experienced every level of success that you could possibly imagine. And this is what he says about it in verse seven. He says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I wanna know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I wanna suffer with him, sharing in his death so that one way or another, I'll experience the resurrection from the dead. Here's a man who knows what he's chasing. And the truth is, 
is that it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. If we wanna embrace this attitude of gratitude and lose the entitlement, make the difficult choices that we have to make, it's all about leaning into Jesus. And so if we're gonna lean into Jesus and we're gonna find this attitude of gratitude, there's three things that I think we need to let go of in order to find what we need to find. Jot these down quickly. The first one is that we gotta let go of status. Just like Paul, he had achieved everything anyone could ever want, but it's not enough. And yet we still chase those things as human beings. Look at every celebrity who's taken their own life, who gotten caught in drugs or in some other scandal. Look at every politician that's gotten caught in scandals and, and doing things on the side they're not supposed to be because they've achieved the status, but it's not enough. It's empty. So stop trying to chase the corner office and the, uh, having the right letters before or after your name. None of that stuff matters. We gotta let go of the status. Second thing, we gotta let go of stuff. We say it all the time, but God doesn't mind us having stuff, but he does mind our stuff having us. And we gotta just let go. There's no amount of things, there's no amount of wealth, there's no amount of any of those things that can make us happy. None of that can make us happy. We gotta let go of the stuff. Stop trying to fill a God-shaped hole with more things. Because it doesn't matter. It's never gonna be enough. It's not like we just need a little bit more stuff and then we'll be grateful. No, that's not how it works. We gotta let go of status. We gotta let go of stuff. And lastly, we gotta let go of self-righteousness. We gotta let go of ourselves. Listen, Jesus already paid the price for our eternity. There is nothing that we could do to earn it. So stop trying. We gotta stop trying to be good enough. We gotta stop trying to get there on our own. The Bible says that all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. And yet we try to be religious enough. We try to be good enough. We try to look good enough to people around us. It's never gonna happen. It's never gonna work. We're never gonna be all of that. And all of that's gonna just contribute to entitlement. Look at me and how important I am and all the good things that I did. Look at all the stuff that I have and look at how many, uh, how many things that I've achieved and look at all the people who work for me, all of those things. God doesn't mind success. In fact, he's the one who gives you the success that you have. He doesn't mind any of that. He wants to use it for his glory. But if we're not in the right heart and we're not getting there with an attitude of gratitude with our eyes and our mind focused on him, then it's just gonna lead to entitlement. I earned this, look at what I did, look at all I am. And so we gotta let go of all of those things. I'm not telling any of you to go home and sell everything and quit your job and all of those things. Maybe the Lord's told you that, you should listen to him, don't listen to me, okay? But I'm saying in our hearts, in our minds, we gotta let go of those things saying, they're not so important. Stuff's not so important. All of those things are gonna pass away. Our treasure like rust, like it'll, it'll, it'll decay, the Bible says. And so we gotta focus 
on people. We gotta love people. We gotta carry that joy in our heart. We gotta have an attitude of gratitude. And when we don't have this sense of entitlement and when we don't, when we aren't filled with sorrow and we're filled with joy and we're filled with gratefulness, as we go throughout life, we're to be a light to people around us. I hope and I pray that when we walk through fire, that we don't look like we've been burned so that people are like, what's wrong with you? Your life is terrible. You've gone through some terrible things. Why are you still smiling? Because I got the joy of the Lord. Doesn't matter what's happening around me. I got the joy of the Lord. That was just stuff. That was just a job. That was just achievements. But nobody can ever take away my Jesus. Nobody can ever take away my relationship with him. So we got to just shift our mentality to recognize that it's all, it's all from the Lord. Shift our our attitude from entitlement to gratefulness, recognizing as James 1.17 says, as we close, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our father. Whatever is good and perfect is not from us, it's from him. Everything in our lives, every job, every opportunity, everything that we have, it's all from him anyways. So let's shift that attitude to gratitude and watch how the Lord works in our lives. Watch how our life changes. Watch how the people around us respond differently. Watch how doors open. Watch how the Lord provides for you because now you're not worried about those things anymore. Watch how he sees you. Watch how people see you. It's gonna shift your entire life. Would you bow your heads for just a moment at every campus? Stick with me for just a moment with every head bowed and every eye closed. Nobody's looking around or moving around. I wanna pray for each and every one of us that, that the Lord would help us to have this attitude of gratitude, that we would lose the, the ego and the entitlement and we would, we would lose all of that. We would let it all go, recognizing that the Lord is good, that it's all from him. I wanna pray for each and every one of us that we would have that attitude of gratitude, especially as we head into the Christmas season. Man, we need it now more than ever. But before we get there, there's some of you here that don't have a relationship with Jesus at every campus, maybe watch it online at the correctional facilities. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to know it's a free gift. God sent his son Jesus to this earth to live a perfect and sinless life, to die on the cross. The Bible says that he endured the cross for the joy set before him. You know what that joy was? It's you and I. We were the joy. He died so that we wouldn't have to pay the price for our own sin, so that we could live, so that we could have a relationship with God and live with him forever. Bible says that we've all sinned, we've all fallen short, but all we gotta do is accept the free gift of God. So in just a minute, with nobody looking around, nobody moving around, every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I'm gonna give you a simple prayer to pray. I'm gonna give you the words, you can pray it quietly. We won't single you out or embarrass you at all. But I wanna know that you wanna be counted in on this prayer. I want you to have a little bit of skin in the game. I want you to just take a small step of faith. So if that's you at the count of three, if you wanna give your life to Jesus today, as campus pastors are joining me on the stage, if you wanna give your life to Jesus today at the count of three, I want you to lift your hand up high and bold. One, two, three. Come on, I see those hands. 
See him? See anybody else? I don't want this moment to pass you by. Yeah. Amen. You can put your hand down. If you raised your hand or if you wanted to, just pray this prayer. You can pray it quietly in your heart. You just have to mean it. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross in my place. Thank you for paying the price for my sin. God, I turn from my old ways and I turn to you today. Come and make me new. Father, forgive me. I love you. In Jesus' name. God, I pray for each and every one of us. Lord, we are so blessed and we know it. We know how blessed we are and we know how good you are to us. God, thank you for the, the mercies that you pour out. God, for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. God, for the, the things that you put into our lives, the provision, the health, the relationships, the opportunity. God, we thank you for all of it. God, we recognize that it all comes from you. So God, help us to not be entitled. Help us to have an attitude of gratitude, Lord, walking with our heads held high, filled with joy, no matter what circumstance it is that we're facing. God, that we would just be filled with an attitude of gratitude so that people would see something different in us. Lord, I pray that as we go throughout our week, Lord, that, that our attitudes shift and that our, our heart focused on you and your goodness, Lord, would be a light to the people around us. God, help us to shine your light ever brighter. Thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. We could never thank you enough. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Come on, put your hands together for those that made a decision to follow Jesus. Thank you so much for joining iTown Church online today. We would love to have the chance to meet you and your family in person at one of our campuses. Or, of course, you can join us streaming live online this weekend. Now, for more details about times and locations and even some of our streaming options, you can go to itownchurch.com. I sure hope to see you soon, and God bless.